Welcome to Four Dimensions for Teachers, a podcast with Dr. Caroline Blackley, covering topics that surround today's dynamic teaching and learning environments. Ignite your curiosity, engage your passion for discourse, and encourage others to join us in these robust conversations, all to strengthen our community of practice. No need to put your hand up. Just tune in as we laugh, cry, challenge each other, and aim high to continue to be the best teachers we can. I am pretty excited to be back recording. I know for you guys, you haven't had a break from me. Podcasts come out every week. Thank you to the wonderful Courtney Dunn, who does my podcasts. She edits them and uploads them for me. But what I have done is taken some of my own words of supposed wisdom and done a bit of chunking with my time. So I sit and rip multiple podcasts at once and it gives me time for family and other things around different times of the term. So back in front of the microphone, which I'm loving because I haven't, I feel like I haven't sat and spoken to you for a while. So we're going to get quite a few put out this week and you will get them from the beautiful Courtney over the next few coming weeks. Today, the thing I want to talk about is attention seeking behaviors. When I am in schools, and as you guys know, I'm in schools every week, my team has grown. I have a beautiful team around me now. And one of the things we talk about quite often is how, obviously, the interactions, that's the four dimensions work. But we also talk about what is dragging or drawing teachers into interactions, be it green footprint or amber. One thing that I know I've seen a significant shift in the last five years is how students demand interactions from teachers. And the most common form or the most common way that teachers describe this and the media, it doesn't matter, you can look very short distance to find statements within the media, is how students or children are attention seeking. And quite honestly, let's just get rid of the fluff that surrounds that word or that statement. As human beings, everything we do is either to attract or reduce the attention that we get. So it's quite simple. Obviously, students in your classroom are damn well seeking attention. So let's not call it things that it is not. Do we need to understand the purposes and the underlying reasons? For most instances, you know what? You don't. And what I'm finding more and more is that this need for interaction is increasing in the classrooms that I'm observing. So why is this so? Well, surprisingly, I do have opinions on this and quite honestly, a lot of research that supports it. I did a podcast a little while ago, 67 and 68, that looked at adults and devices and managing mobile phones in classrooms. And quite honestly, going along that similar vein, but not the same thought processes, when we ask ourselves, why do children demand attention now more than ever before? I want you to think about how we have changed as a society, not just around devices, but as a society. So when I was a child, and I'm a child of the 70s, generally one of our parents were home, most often and most likely the mother. We had a parent caregiver who would meet us at the bus or be, for us, we were farm kids. So by the time we got up to the house or the shed, we would have a parent there or they weren't far away. We sat at the dinner table. We did not have devices in every room. If everyone watched TV, we sat and we did it together. If we went out on a weekend, we did it together. And for us back in the day... It was church on a Sunday, whether you believed or you didn't, most families would gather at church. And for us in farming communities, it was actually the place that we got to put tools down and you would meet and connect with other farmers, other families, other children. So it's not about that children have just access to devices. 
it's quite honestly that adults have changed their access, not just to devices, but to the way that we spend our time. So we have children in homes who are sitting in their rooms a lot more than they ever have before. Check out the research, plenty of it there. We have adults who are using devices much more, not children, adults, much more than they were 20 years ago. Again, check out the research. We have families that not only, because often we go to the negative bias of the dysfunctional family, the divorce rates, the broken homes. You know what? Fiff-faff, whatever. I've seen families that are highly dysfunctional, that have multiple parents, that have multiple dysfunction within, and their students are behaving better at school than the families that parents are still together. What I am getting at, though, is the way we have created family structures. Often, if it is a sole parent home, that sole parent is working. If it is a two-parent home, both parents are working. If it's a family that is blended with two to three family sets where children move between, guess what? All parents are generally working. So we have created an incredible sense of busy, of everyone is doing. We take children from sport to music lessons, to guitar lessons, to some club, to drama club, to it's one thing after the other, after the other. And we have filled lives with time stolen. So what that means is, as humans, we crave interaction. And for each of us on different levels. I love being at home on my own. I quite honestly could spend more time on my own than I need to with others. My husband, on the other hand, loves people. And how bizarre it is that our lives are such that he's the one that sits at home, most often on his own, and I'm the one out on the road interacting with people every single day. So as humans, we have a need and a level of need for connection and for interactions. So if you take all that information I've just shared with you and you now dump that literally upon a child that we then have as a student in our classroom, what I'm seeing an increase in is in classrooms, students are demanding attention, interactions from adults more than they have before. And it is reasons, all of those that I've just stated and many, many more, that we have children who are wanting to connect and wanting to interact with adults. None of that is a blame on the parenting styles. I get tired of hearing that too. If parents would parent better. Don't you love how I have a tone of voice when I pretend I'm someone else? I hope when you all pretend you're me, you do the same tone of voice. So in all honesty, it's not a parenting problem. It is a societal change. And let's stop talking about things as a problem. It is a reality. And Urquhart Tolle always speaks about the isness. It is what it is. And I'm not saying that as an offhanded, it is what it is. It is literally the reality of our classrooms. So how then do we deal with this attention-seeking behavior? The first is stop calling it attention-seeking. Own it for what it is. They are students who are looking for interactions. And when you choose such things and the essential skills classroom management gave us plenty of strategies on how to manage student behaviors when they're disruptive. If you are doing things like selective attending, if you are doing things like putting off an interaction so that you can come back to it later, what you will see are students escalating their behaviours because they are demanding that interaction. So Four Dimensions talks about stating expectations, our nice simple three-step process, ERR, stating expectations, high frequency of reference back to those expectations, that's that soft summer rain, and then how do you choose the interaction to change the behaviour of the student you're working with? 
When we purely interact with students based on inappropriate behaviours or their attention-seeking behaviours, for want of a better word, what we do is we teach them that in today, in society right now, you will gain my interactions and my attention when you do silly, low-level, disruptive behaviours. So if I'm a student who wants attention and that's the only way I get it from you, why would I change my behaviour? So punitives won't work. Here's what will work. You see a student who needs attention, damn well give it to them. Give it to them early, give it to them in an appropriate way and trust that they will learn in a very short time frame if they are wanting attention and you're giving it to them early, they will learn that they get these great and wonderful interactions with you as an adult in their life through appropriate behaviours and when they're doing learning behaviours. Now I need to tag onto that If you want to provide opportunity for interactions, you need to damn well get your butt into gear and have learning environments that spark curiosity, that are provocative in their learning goals and learning intentions. I love it. That was from Lisa this weekend. This is the beauty of doing keynotes on weekends. You meet people you would usually never meet. And she talks about how they're moving to provocations rather than learning goals. What a beautiful use of words and language. So if you are using provocation, curiosity to spark the desire for learning in your spaces, and that is not putting on a clown suit, jumping around, giving high fives. That is what is the learning about and asking the questions that are not just us talking at students. Believe me, most disruption, most lack of interaction happens when we do a lot of teacher talk. So think about how you create the learning space. Look at the reason that students are behaving why they are in your classroom, because the majority of time they are seeking attention. They are seeking interaction. So don't just fluff it down. Don't just pretend it doesn't exist. Respond as an adult in the classroom. Get in early. Let students know you see them. And you will watch a number, not all, a number of students will reduce their disruptive behaviours. Attention seeking is a real thing. Humans need attention. What we have at the moment are students who have it not modelled to them in appropriate ways. So they come to school as our students, seeking it in inappropriate ways. If we don't give them the interactions they're looking for, guess what? They're going next door and they're going to get it from their peers. Hope this is helpful. Look forward to chatting to you on our next podcast. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and visit carolineblackley.com and join our growing community of international educators.